welcome to the Top Order podcast. It is Cricketing Hall of Fame time. We've not been talking cricket in Hall of Fame for a little while. We are into the final four players in the world in Baldy's labour of love. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but we're going to talk to spinners on tonight's episode. So stay tuned for Cricketing Hall of Fame. We're into the final four. Baldy, the labour of love is coming to an end. We've, we're into the final four players on the Cricketing Hall of Fame. A quick reminder to listeners, what we've been doing throughout the course of the last what couple of years or so is taking five... <laughs> it wasn't supposed to take that long. It, it has dragged on for a little while, to be fair, yes. We're supposed to be taking... We were taking five players at a time and we were sticking six minutes on the clock. Um, as we've got down into the final 10 greatest cricketers, primarily focusing on the test cricket. It's all we, test cricket, yeah. Although, yeah. We, you know, we have sort of thrown the odd one-day stat in there. We are now down to a scenario where we're talking about a couple of players on each podcast. We are going to talk about the arguably the two greatest spinners in the world on tonight's podcast. We're not going to do, um, I guess, because we're going to make a lot of comparisons throughout the course mm-hmm. of this pod. We're not going to put individual time on the clock for each of these guys, but we are going to time box this uh, at about 20 minutes um, so that we don't go on and on mm-hmm. about yours and Lippy's. Um, yeah, biggest, we still could be biggest, here this biggest, time next week. Biggest, biggest labour yeah. of love. Um, but look, it's no surprise who we're going to be talking about. But do you want to just give us a little bit of a rundown of the two people that we're going to uh, we're going to stick on the clock and we'll go from there? Can do, chaps. So tonight's podcast in the Men's Test Cricket Hall of Fame will feature Shane Keith Warren from Australia and Mutaya Murali Duran from Sri Lanka. So I'll just go through their individual records, their test records and I'm first sure class records. We're going to be able to keep that under 20 minutes. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see how here. we go. We'll see how we go. Okay, Shane Keith Warren. 145 tests, 125 catches, most of them standing at first slip. Uh, scored 3,154 runs at an average of 17.32 and an infamous highest score of 99, 99. against New Zealand. Uh, most test runs without scoring a without scoring an international 100. Uh, he did have 12 50s. Uh, and in 273 bowling innings, took 708 wickets at a bowling average of 25.41 and a strike rate of 57.4. Best bowling in an innings, 8 for 71. Uh, best bowling in a match, 12 for 128. That was one of 10 10 wicket hauls that Shane Warne had in his career to go with 37 uh, five wicket hauls. Those are second and fourth respectively in all time. Um, and he had averaged about 4.88 wickets per match, which is pretty good, and had an average above replacement player of plus 5.79. So that's kind of top 25 all time. Um, and in the first class arena, uh, 1,000 wickets, 1,319 wickets at 26, averages, uh, average of 26, strike rate of 56.7. Any quick comments before we have a look at Murali's record? We're nearly out of time. Okay. <laughs> I'll proceed quickly. Okay, Mattia Murali doing 133 test matches, so slightly fewer test matches than Warney. Uh, 1,261 runs at an average of 11.6 with a highest score of 67, just the one Test 50 for Murley, uh, but 800 wickets at an average of, I want to say 22.72. Correct. Uh, which is pretty good, and a strike rate of 55. Uh, best bowling in an innings, 9 for 51. 
uh, on his way to a best match figures of 16 for 122. Uh, that's one of 22 10-wicket hauls in, mm-hmm. in international cricket um, and 67 five-wicket hauls. Uh, yeah, but yeah, both yeah. of those, not surprisingly, first all-time. Um, and his average above replacement player is plus 8.76, which is good enough for seventh all-time. Um, pretty much every stat you look at except for his average and strike rate are top 10. Um, his strike rate's 40th, at average of a strike rate of 55. The, the obvious elephant in the room here. I mean, we you know we're privileged in that we get your list a little bit ahead of time sometimes, mm-hmm. and and you've you've framed this in uh, the Warren v Murley conversation that it's three v four, and and that Shane Warne fills the the number three spot. Mm-hmm. You've just rattled off all those stats. Mm-hmm. Murley blows him out of the water. I mean, it, you know, think couple of the things that really strike me. Um, you know, well, he's got a better average, better strike rate, more wickets, more fifers, more tenfers. Like honest, I mean honestly, what is there to debate? So sixty-seven fifers, as far as I can tell, I've probably have missed a few. But you know, let's compare that to New Zealand as a country. New Zealand spinners of all time have taken somewhere between forty-six and fifty-five fifers. So Murali has every spinner that's ever played for New Zealand covered. You know, Vittori has twenty of those. In fairness, that you don't play a spinner at home. No, no, I, I you know, noted. But still, all of them. Though. Let's go on. Let's go on. <laughs> all of the guys who were twelfth man. <laughs> Let's go on ten fizz in a match though, twenty two times. New Zealand in history, all of our bowlers has twenty seven. Mm. So like this I mean, obviously we're at number three and four. We're at all time players. But Murley, he's he's wipes the floor with Warren stats wise. And you're a big stats guy. This mm-hmm. has been very much framed around stats. Mm-hmm. How is he not above him? Like this is gonna be a conversation that covers the twenty minutes, yeah. but and, and your primary stat there, which is the average replacement value, he is also He's better. also better. Yes. And look, you're absolutely right. So if you just look, if you just scratch the very surface and you just look at the big gaudy numbers, the 800 and the 22 and et cetera, et cetera, then they paint a picture of Murali being the greatest bowler of all time. However, I think it's worth having a look at, if you're going to compare two players, then let's compare them in as much equality as we possibly can. I think that's worth it at this point, right? Because we're down to two batters and two bowlers, and I think it's worth having a look at that. So let's have a look at, um, I used a couple of techniques here. Let's have a look at them head to head. So in games where Australia played against Sri Lanka, they both played uh, 13 tests um, effectively in their careers against each other or against that opposition team. I don't think there was a couple where Murali didn't play against Warren and Cairns from from memory. so they both played 13 test matches. Both of them had 59 wickets, but Murali's cost him 36.07 at a strike rate of 69, Warren 25.54 at a strike rate of 53. I think those stats are still relevant, mainly because Sri Lanka had some bloody good batters in their in their side. So they had Sangakara, they had Javodna, they had um, Kaluudarna, they had Jaisaria, they had Marvin Angelo Matthews, Atapatu. they had Marvin Atapatu, which is probably my favourite sporting name. Yeah, that, Dil- they, like, I think like, it does go underrated that they actually had a really they good had a really good batting at, side, at right? But, but, but then so did Australia. Yeah, they Australia had, had a bit good batting. Batting. Matthew Hayden, Justin Langer, yes. Steve Wall, Ricky Ponting, exactly. Mike Hossey. Exactly. Yeah. And so if we take that, Warren wins that slight head to head. Head to head. If we have a look at all of the other international sides that were, I'm going to say, quote, unquote, good at that time. So I'm, I'm counting England, India and South Africa as the, the premier places to, to go and play. Um, Murali had 368 wickets at 26. Warren had 321 wickets at 24. And Warren had a better strike rate against those excellent top class nations. Mm. Now let's go and have a look at 
the Bangladesh and Zimbabwe records because those are the other end of the spectrum. Warren played three games in his career combined against Zimbabwe and Bangladesh. Murali played 25. So it's, I think it's worth having a look. If you take those two sets of records out from a you know stat padding perspective, Murali's total record is 624 wickets at 24.8 and a strike rate of 58. Warren's record is 691 wickets at a strike rate of 25.4 and an uh, sorry at an average of 25.4 and a strike rate of 57.6. So all other things being equal, once you take out some of the I won't going to say lesser nations, but the developing nations at that time, Zimbabwe and Bangladesh were struggling. You take those stats out, they are almost like head to head, there's not much in it, right? You could throw a tissue over over those records. That's with respect to their bowling. I think it's also worth having a look at, and this is where I want to open it up to everyone. What else did they bring to their to bring to the party in terms of their greatness? Because like when I think about Murali, and I'd like to start with Murali, he overcame so much adversity in his career just to stay on the field. You know, he was no ball twice in Test match cricket. Like the ICC had to legislate for and against Murali being able to continue to bowl. Mm. Just the mental impact of that has has like it's killed the career of some cricketers. Like there are a hundred not hundreds, but there are a lot of cricketers who went through that same process that he had to go through. And I mean, he bowled with a like with a, a cast on his arm to show that he wasn't... That's an amazing piece of footage. Have you guys seen that? The it's Mark unbelievable. Nicholas, like, yeah. So like, you have to give him credit for the, the sheer amount of adversity and opposition that he had to overcome to continue playing test cricket. Now, it also must be said that ICC did change its rules halfway through his career to changed the I can't remember the, the angle was from 5 degrees. to 15 degrees or whatever some would say to accommodate Murali to legalise it legitimise well, his action and, and some seamers as well Brett I think fell into that category a, on that a, number, so, yeah, of them, was, yeah, yeah, a number of them right so so the rules changed over the course of his career sure absolutely was he instructed not to bowl the deucer at one point by the ICC yes he was however for me the outstanding like mental resilience that he showed to go through that with a smile and not to go into a shell and, and, and become like this reclusive guy yeah. that was kind of jaded by the process of being in test cricket is amazing. It's incredible. And that, so that now we're open up to us. Yes, Absolutely. sorry. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but Bordy, I think, you know, Lippy, your question is right. And I've written down those exact words. It says on my paper, every stat says Murali is better. So what is it about Warren that's so majestic? Um, if I kind of look at it, um, I've got a couple of those stats written down that you talked about, Baldy. So the 89 wickets against Bangladesh from Murali, 87 against Zimbabwe. Um, often talked about that Warren's record against Australia, uh, against India, sorry, was pretty poor. Um, so, you, you know, 43 wickets at 47 mm -hmm. against India. Mm -hmm. If we look at their Murali, he had two sort of teams he struggled against a little bit compared to his career average. So that was the 36 against Australia and 32 against against India. Um, I, I then think what I've got to look at is um, Warren's got a couple of stats that, you know, that really, really stand out for me. Number one is pre his shoulder operation. Um, so 300 wickets prior to his shoulder operation. Um, prior to that, he really ripped his leg break. He used his wrong and a lot more. And he, and he had that, you know, that flipper that was, you know, pretty famous throughout mm -hmm. the course of his career. After the shoulder injury, he, he certainly lost, you know, a little bit of zip with that 
with that flipper couldn't really bowl the wrong one as much and, and it hampered his leg break as well he took 400 wickets essentially with a leg break and and kidding you with one that went straight on that he called about 16 yeah. different things <laughs> yeah. i've got 17 different names for uh, the one that goes straight uh, and then i think the other thing and, and this is me you know thinking a little bit as a as a keeper and and everyone talked about um you know gilchrist's impact on the game and i'm not trying to diminish that he's he was fantastic for me, it was worn almost to balance that side, arguably more than Gilchrist did, because he was able to bowl 15 overs on the first day of a, of a test match on a flat wicket um, and pick you up two or three wickets and only go for two and a half. Um, he gave the ability for, for, you, for you guys, Australia, to play that attack with three real gun seamers and then pack your batting with six absolute legends um, and, and Gilchrist, at, um, Gilchrist coming in at seven. And then I think that the final piece for me is, look, part of this is Ashes bias, the 40 wickets that he took in 2005, the ball of the century against Gatting in 93. Um, he was about to retire and he went, well, I'm not going to retire having lost the Ashes to England. So 2006, seven, um, you know, gets carried off with, you know, with his great mates at the end of the season, uh, end of the series, having had a fantastic, uh, fantastic series, 06, 07, when we got our arses handed to us. Um, so it's, there's also a legacy of him winning the most important series um, in you know in world cricket. For you know, I'm not even going to say for argument's sake, from 1993 through to 2007, with the exception of that one, you know, that one blip for him in 2005. Mm -hmm. So that's why you know I think you look at those stats and, and really interesting that you pull those wickets out and, it, and it's so. Um, so close um, and Warren also had a little bit of adversity as well um, most of it of his own making yeah. um, but you know got himself into you know into strife and had to come and front up a different kind of um, a different kind of I, I guess you know worry and strife and stress and, and all that kind of stuff to what Murali was going through but you know still had that you know paparazzi and and you know um uh, cameras in his face all throughout the course of it, you know his career he couldn't have a ham and cheese toast in a cigarette without you know someone running to hello magazine could he and yes that's one way to put it i guess <laughs> um going back to the on-field stuff there's also the age-old question of if you have a great bowling attack around you does that limit your wickets or increase your wickets mm -hmm. that you can take because morally probably you know not even probably i'll say he did not have as good a bowling attack around him yeah no disrespect to jaminda vast but he's not like well and he's, he's the, the, only, and and he's he's really the only one yeah yeah and when i was looking at these two you know stats aside we know where they sort of sit i looked at sort of key performances and i keep coming back to ball the century you're talking about the 2005 ashes I don't know, maybe there's, you know, because there is maybe a little bit of a negative nar narrative around Murley. We don't hear about those sort of spells that he bowled or key sort of innings where he mm. turned series, turned games. I'm sure they're there, but we just haven't, you know, haven't reveled in them. Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, I think that's got to be hugely from where we're from, right? Mm. We, we see all of the Australian yes. cricket. We mm. don't see the, the big series that Sri Lanka wins. We mm. don't necessarily even, you know, now we probably have more access they, to them. They also might not be, they're not big series because Sri Lanka. I, yeah, yeah. And there, there is definitely a part of that. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, before we run out of time, I do think we should both, like talk in, in glowing terms, I think about both of them and, and just how mesmerizing it was mm. to watch both of them i mean morally we had we have seen we had seen before the Dusra and and those kind of things that he wasn't the first to bring them in but i think he was certainly the one who popular popularized them in terms of 
like this is what everyone wants to be doing and this is such a I mean yeah you could say it was Seclaine someone like that beforehand who, yeah. who I you know idolized when I was young but I mean yeah the, just just some of the the ways that Murali was able to spin the ball like mm. That's what's so so amazing. His, I mean, the uh, the ability for him to get purchase on almost any surface, yeah. it was prodigious. Like he turned the ball further than any finger spinner I've ever seen, and I think probably it would be fair to say he's probably got more revolutions on a cricket ball than any other, just about any other finger spinner, just because of the physical um, uniqueness of the way his arm works and the way his wrist works and the way he managed to get like all of that into the action that he has well I think he was I think you could argue he was a wrist spinner yeah. in the way yes. that he bowled yeah. you know because of yeah because of that uniqueness you know had the, the very short privilege of bowling with him in the uh, in some in international you know training nets at, at one point and asked him and he wrist was the thing that he kept saying mm. yeah, it's all about the wrist it's all did you ever try the no, I, I couldn't do that. But I, I, I tried that. The carom ball was something I worked on for a little can, while. Can but I just wasn't pick, really Murley. Yeah, just picking up on that quickly because inspiration is one thing that I was looking at in terms of you know, like who has had a greater impact on the history of cricket. And there's no doubt that Shane Warne did inspire for a short period of time a, a generation of young cricketers to want to bowl leg spin. He popularised leg spin bowling, I think, which was at least in Australia had been on the wane for some time. However, you have to say that the number of like players you see in park cricket and in club cricket and in indoor cricket all around the world, but even, even here in New Zealand, there are a generation of people who all try and bowl like Murali. And if you, even if you like, I don't know about you, Adam, but whenever I sort of stand on the sideline before a, you know, a social game of cricket or whatever, somebody at some point, in almost every warm-up will try and bowl like Murali. Mm. You know, there might be the odd sort of, you know, top-order batter who might fancy themselves as a leg spinner in the nets at the end of the day when it's really dark and, you know, the ball's gone soft. But, you know, a lot of people try and bowl like Murali. And the impact that he's had on cricket is that he has really inspired a generation of players to think about bowling traditional finger spin in a different way. What do, what do you think that is, actually? Because I had that written down on my piece of paper as well. You know, who was the bigger game changer? And, and you know, I think, like you say, there are more Murali-type bowlers out there and, and even international cricket and, and IPL. There are the, there are that mystery spinner has become a, a, a major, major thing. And and we don't see the, the worn... We don't see that many leg spinners around. I mean, we do see them, but we don't see... No, let me rephrase that. Yeah. We see a lot of leg spinners, but we don't see people like Warren. And that's what makes that's what separates him for me. Yeah, is that, is, you, that is that like a big plus for him that there have been many leg spinners, but no one can replicate the way that he's able to bowl. Whereas there have been, you know, no one can really replicate Murali either. But a lot of people are able to, I think, get closer than they have been with Warren. I, I think that that's a question we talked quite a lot about Murali's physical attributes. I think Warren is actually very similar to Murley in that yep. in that sense he had you know big hands, big yep. stocky fingers, massive shoulders, you really know, strong could, forearms, could, really, really strong, strong forearms. forearms. Could, could have been a swimmer, you yeah. know. You, you, well, probably couldn't because he. <laughs> um, but, 
but ultimately he had physical attributes that yeah. that, that made him completely unique in what he did mm. um and and that's you know that is probably a parallel that we don't often you know often draw um but but you know they're both mimicking you know people are mimicking them but can come nowhere close to doing it because they don't have the physical attributes in order to actually pull that off consistently yeah there really are a number of aspects that make them so unique and and may and stand them out from pretty much everyone else who's ever played test cricket up until this period not just their physical attributes that we've that we've already spoken about but their ability to work a batter out their their mental strategy and tactics that they employed I think are far superior to any other spinner that I've seen in my lifetime. Um, particularly Warren. Warren was six, seven, eight, ten moves ahead of the opposition batter, regardless of whether or not the conditions were working for him or or they weren't. Um, and they just had such not, not just prodigious spin, but such control. I I've never seen a leg spinner mm. have the combination of control and prodigious turn that Warren had. He could land the ball exactly where he wanted it, every ball in the over, with exactly the amount of overspin and sidespin that he wanted on the ball at that, at that time. I can't tell you how hard it is as a leg spinner to produce that even once in an over, <laughs> but for him to do it time after time after time, 60 to 120 times. And I think ultimately it's that level of control that separates him from everybody else, not just Murali, but everybody else. That com combination of control and prodigious turn at the degree that he wanted to, that, that makes him, I think, the, the third best cricketer of all time. The I, I think the the tactics and all that kind of stuff we might get to when we're kind of wrapping up the the, the show and, and our arguments. But I, I did kind of want to ask you who who do you think has been the 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 best facsimile I guess of Warren since then? Because we talked about the prodigious spin and all that kind of stuff. I, I have my own views on who that might be, but I, I'm fascinated to hear around the table because, like we said, I I don't think there has been many that have been able to do what he could do with a cricket ball. And, I mean, that obviously speaks to his greatness. Mm. I mean, many are called, but few have answered because I, like, I can't think of any. I mean, there are great leg spinners now, but none of them do or did what, what Shane Warne did. They all operate in very different kind of ways mm. and none of them really have that level of prodigious turn and control. None of them spin it as, as, as far. No, I would agree. I mean... Rashid Khan spins it a little bit. I mean, but not his but, yeah, but the it does it's all the wrongins that spin. Yeah, yes, exactly. A lot a lot of players Chahal now spin, spin their wrongins further than their leg breaks. Kumble did the same. Spun the spun the wrongin further than his leg break. Mm. But yeah, I can't I can't really think of anyone who's had a sustained international career that has done the same kind of things that that Shane Warne has done since then. The the one that the one that I think in terms of actually just being able to spin the ball. And possibly one of the most unlucky cricketers of all time is Stuart McGill. Mm. Like, Did, he he is the person that I look at and watch and go, like Warren could have bowled that. Like McGill could have bowled some of those balls that Warren bowled. He didn't have the control. Didn't like there was a lot of elements. He, of he was more his, sidespin, wasn't he? He yeah, didn't yeah. really drift the ball. No, a lot much, of elements. Had a bigger spin in wrong and yeah, he would have taken five hundred wickets and it, it, another country. I, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, look, he, he would have done. But yeah, to answer your question, there's no one like either of them. I don't think. No, no, and one of ones. Let's um let's wrap this up, and I think just worth saying to listeners, if you do want to go back, um, obviously 
Uh, we're recording this well after, just a, probably nearly a year and a half after Shane Warne's untimely death. Uh, we did at the time record a, a tribute episode to Shane Warne where we talked a lot more about his um, impact on the game as well, which we've not, yep. uh, yeah, not sort of gone into a massive amount of detail on. So do dip back into the back catalogue to listen about, uh, listen back to that. But I, I guess what I want to do is probably go um, from left to, uh, to right as I'm looking um, at you, Lippy, and then Raj. Uh, and let Bawley have the final word because it's his labour of love, this uh, this Hall of Fame. But um, in less than sort of, you know, two or three sentences, um, oh, who, who uh, so you can put your notes away, who, uh, you know, who, who shades it for you? Are you going to go with the stats or do you think there's a compelling enough argument put forward for, for Warner as, as number three on this list? I mean, I mean, look, it is impossible to, to split them in terms of, you know, as much as I was carrying on about about Marilli it, it is impossible to split them when you and I, and I actually do think that stat you the the way you broke down those stats that's actually that appeased some of my concerns about those stats that I had because yeah it's very very valid points that you made there I, I'm still going to stay with Marilli I you know I just think that he was such a special player and I think you made a, another really valid point in that the adversity that he had to come overcome is sort of sometimes undersold in his story I, I think that there was so much, and I think there are probably still people out there, right, that say he chucked it or whatever. But I, I think that the public opinion turned on him very quickly in terms of at the start, everyone kind of went, oh, he's a chucker. And then suddenly the public opinion turned on the umpires that yeah, went yeah. and did that and actually went, look, this guy is a special player and, you know, he's showed how his arm works, he's shown how all of this, he's jumped through all of these hoops let this guy play and let let him show how special he can be and yeah look I, I think that we don't quite see his greatness here and that in Sri Lanka and, and, and in the subcontinent that you know people look at Murali and just think wow you are you are you know godlike in in that sense yeah I think you know a great way to judge great cricketers or great players in any sport is to do a sort of a silhouette test you know, if you had a silhouette of Morley, a silhouette of Warren, you'd be able to tell straight away who they were. So they're definitely both greats of the game. Yeah. Volume is important to me. You know, we've talked about the number of wickets, etc. But, you know, I'm going to say that that volume stops mattering as much when you get to 707 wickets. <laughs> yeah. And you can start to look at other things. Um, I am going to fall on the side of Shane Warren purely for the fact that I think that he was he has transcended the game. He is a bit larger than the game. Uh, personality goes with... Uh, that legacy that he has created um, yeah the the big I think you know there's all those YouTubes going around yeah. I think um, what's his name Skull said it the best that you know the bigger bigger the occasion the bigger the performance uh, for Shane Warne so yeah i pick him at number three Lippy, you've you've put up a really compelling argument for for Murali, and I think probably that the impact of that adversity wasn't something I'd massively thought about coming into um, into the podcast and um, I think, you know, I've said to Baldy um, privately, um, one of the things I used to do when you got Sky Plus when it first came out and you were watching an Ashes Test match, I used to fast forward the over of Herva Bowl before Warren and to get to his over a little bit quicker yeah. when you were watching on catch up. And that, that to me is, you know, it says something that, you know, you would skip a passage of play just to watch a bloke bowl. Um, six balls um, and I think again the, the 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 volume of statistics really make you have to you know have to consider uh, Murali's greatness you know 800 wickets versus versus 700 um, but for me if I were only allowed one cricketing DVD um, one bowler to watch for the rest of my life 
um, it would be him. It would be Shane Warne. Every every single day of the week, he was absolutely box office. Um, and I, I think, you know, um, I didn't realise it probably until he died. It, it really did, you know, it, it hit me hard as a, as a cricket fan. Um, so, you know, I, I think that the impact that he's going to have on the game, it, it, in my view, is, is going to be... Um, he's going to be greater than Murley's regardless of the stats. So for me, it's, it's Shane Keith Warren. Mm. You might have it, Paul D. I, I don't think it's a matter of, of having it because they are they are two so such wonderful cricketers and they have stood out so far above everybody else really up until now. Um, Jimmy Anderson's getting close in terms of edging his way towards 700 wickets. But if we think about are we likely to see a, a replica or an equivalent of Warren or Murali in our lifetime? I think it's very, very unlikely that in our lifetime or our children's lifetime we'll see yeah. someone eclipse the the level of, of test cricketing greatness that, that we've achieved. And I, and I think we, as cricket fans, perhaps took it a little bit for granted in the, in the 90s and early 2000s when we were watching them that we didn't really appreciate just how great they, they were. Um, and... In, in summing up this whole um, debate of Murali versus Warren, my wife asked me, look, if you could only watch one of them, if you could only watch one of them, you could watch their whole career, but you could only watch one or the other and never see the other one at all, which would you have rather have watched? And I think for me, it, it's very, very close, but I think I would rather have watched all of Shane Warne's career than watched all of Murali's career, despite the fact that he took almost another 100 more wickets and another... 12 10 furs and, and another 35 furs. I, I would still have rather been witness to Shane Warne's career than, than Murali's, and that's why he edges them. Um, Warne edges Murali for number three on the list of, of Test Cricket um, Men's Hall of Fame. Awesome. Well, listeners, we promise you 20 minutes. We've given you nearly 30, so you've got 33% extra free on the Top Order <laughs> Podcast uh, Hall of Fame this week. We will be back with the final episode of the Men's Cricketing Hall of Fame. We're going to talk about two batters. I'm sure you can guess who they are if you followed um, the list. But for now, it is good night and good bless from us all here in Auckland. We'll see you soon on the next episode of the Top Order Podcast. Good night.